Good morning, everyone. Welcome inside the Green and White Report. We're back. New year, new crew, some similar voices, some new ones. But we're excited to bring you all sorts of Michigan State sports action and sports action from around the country. Getting ready to start it off. I'm your host for this year, Zach Serdenik. I'll be joined by my co-hosts, AJ Evans and Matt Merrifield, back for another year on the WDBM Airwaves. We're so glad you joined us. We're excited. We got a big show today. Got a lot of MSU fall sports, some soccer, some volleyball. Got some MSU football. We're going to break down that. We got week zero talk. And then we've got Sparty Awards, in and out. Gambling Corner, that's all coming up. You're not going to want to miss it, so stay tuned. But first, we're going to start off with a little bit of introductions to ourselves, who we are, so you guys can get to know us. I know Merrifield was here last year, but myself and AJ, you may have heard us in different capacities, but we're going to introduce ourselves, and then we're going to end it with giving our favorite memory covering MSU sports on this introduction. So, AJ, why don't you start us off? Absolutely. I am AJ Evans. I'm the sports editor here at Impact. I am a senior, uh, major in journalism and... Really, really excited to be here. Uh, favorite memory covering MSU sports probably have to be man, covering the tournament last year. Man, that was insane. You know, going down to Columbus and then you know being fortunate enough to go to New York. That was amazing, terrible experience. That game was still one of the craziest games I've seen for sure. The one in New York, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Got my heart broken at the Garden. <laughs> that game. Oh man, I was in here uh, in the studio doing the pre-game, halftime, post-game type show, and man, that game up and down yeah. the entire time, watching it through the TV in the other studio, yep. just going, and obviously the radio is ahead, yeah. right? So like, I know what's happening, yeah. and then I get to watch it, and oh man, I don't think I'll ever forget that uh, Marquis Noel, uh, the bank three off one leg. Yeah. Man, and that was he, a And then he came out hobbling. Like, yeah. Like he was hurt. I, you know, people talk about the garden and like the the energy and everything, and you know they talk about it so much. There's like such an allure to it. You think it's almost like mythical in a sense, but mm-hmm. I mean, you can feel it when you're there. Yeah. Like it was insane. I've I've been to the garden once. I was there to watch. Uh, I went to watch the Big East tournament, and it is it's different, but it's small. Yeah. Like you don't really think about like you talk about the garden and it's this crazy mythical place, like you said, but it's tiny. Yeah, it is. But I think it it makes it more intimate. You it know does. what I mean? And it makes the experiences that much better. Yeah. All right, we'll move on, Merrifield. Let's get you a little reintroduced to the people at home. Yeah, for those of you who are... Uh... A little technical difficulties. Wouldn't be a Sunday morning on this show without them. Uh, for everybody isn't familiar, hasn't been listening for the last few years. I'm Matt Merrifield. I am now the sports director, or sports broadcast director. Sorry, Zach. Uh, sports broadcast director here at Impact. I was the producer of this show last year with air quotes because I pretty much was just a co-host. Uh, I've been coming on now for over a year and a half. I love coming in every Sunday. Um, I'm excited for another year with you, AJ, and you, Zach. It should be a fun time. Uh, should be a blast. Um, I think my favorite memory was last year covering men's basketball. AJ, I got the opportunity to go to the Big Ten Tournament in Chicago. That was a lot of fun. Got to go to the United Center, which is one of the more better or more and more historic arenas in uh, professional sports. Got to see that. I thought that was awesome. Other than the fact that Michigan State lost their only game uh, to Ohio State and Chris Holtman, who I have a vendetta against. And we'll get into that (laughs) during basketball season. We will push narratives later (laughs) at a later time. But I, it was a blast. Uh, for if you're just a college basketball fan, I think the only better place you probably could have been at is the Big East tournament. Like just conference tournament wise, getting to watch four or five games in a day, starting at noon all the way till nine o'clock, just being at 
the United Center or for the Big East tournaments in the uh, Madison Square Garden. But just being there, watching basketball all day, fans from all over the country, that was an awesome experience for me. We spent the whole weekend there. Um, so the, for me, that was my favorite. And people at home are going to hear you on more than just the Green and White Report coming up, right? Yeah, yes. I am covering along with Zach Slowick, the former host of this show from last year. Now he has not graduated yet. He's holding on to his last strands. He is covering football with me. And Jada Coster will be our writer this year for Michigan State football game. So make sure to tune in Friday night. Shameless plug. Yes. Friday night, 7 o'clock, Michigan State takes on the Central Michigan Chippewas here on these WDBM airwaves. Should be a fun season. We're going to have all the action all year long. Um which we'll get into Michigan State football eventually in this show and some of the expectations I have for this team going forward. It'll definitely be interesting to watch. It's going to be fun. I'm glad college You won't have to back. watch, though. You'll listen here on the WDBM Airwaves. <laughs> you can listen and watch. You can. You can. So, all right, before I intro myself, we're going to hear from one more person on this show, our new producer this year, Joe Dez, getting in on the airwaves, Joe. Yeah, it's good to be here, Zach. Should be a fun year. Excited to hop on the team. I love Joe Dez on the mic. <laughs> yes. Too, so tell too. us who you are, a little about yourself, what you do, and then your favorite memory coming Michigan covering Michigan State sports. Yeah, so uh, I'm Joe Dez. I've basically run my own podcast for a few years. I'm going to be the social media, or not social media, but the media producer for Impact Radio here. Should be exciting. Hoping to get the athletes a little bit more involved with the podcast. That would be the goal. Be a pretty exciting year. And uh, favorite memory, probably? Would say uh, first day on campus, I was with Zach Serdenik announcing volleyball. <laughs> first time here, first time meeting everybody was with Zach. That was an early game, wasn't it? Yeah, first was, day. Yeah, I think that was like a 10 a.m. game on a Saturday. There's a couple of those coming up soon. Uh, bright and early, Michigan State volleyball. We'll get into that in just a second, but I'll give you guys a little bit about myself. My name is Zach Serdenik. I am the sports director here at Impact. This is year number four for me with WDBM. Started off... Covering a lot of different stuff, covering women's basketball, then was the football broadcaster the last two years, had Merrifield's job last year as the sports broadcast director, now taking over for Brendan Shabath as the sports director. Really excited to get things going, got a lot of cool things coming up here on the WDBM Airwaves, and we'll get you more of those as they come, but stay tuned, you're going to want to hear some exciting announcements coming up in the next few days. But let's transition into the first topic. It is the Green and White Report, so let's talk Michigan State sports. Michigan State fall sports. You've got a few that have started already. First thing starting off, you're looking with, got to start with the best team on campus right now that started so far, and that's the women's soccer team. They've been really good. The number 14 in the country, Big Ten champs last year, and a dominant start to this year, 3-0, including a 7-0 win against Northern Colorado back on Thursday night. Yeah, I think... Obviously, expectations are a lot higher for this women's soccer team after last year. Uh, won the Big Ten regular season title. Went to the conference championship game before falling to Penn State, if I remember correctly, in the Big Ten tournament. Had a great run in the NCAA tournament. I'm excited to see how they carry that going forward into this year, returning a lot of their top players from a year ago. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. Obviously, off to a great start this year, beating Cincinnati Bowling Green and then dominating Northern Colorado on Thursday night. Uh, so it should be... Uh, a lot of fun, obviously, before Big Ten play starts. Uh, they have some tough non-conference games coming up with Notre Dame uh, next week, but we'll have to see, wait and see how this one, how the season goes. It's definitely something that's going to be interesting to watch going forward. You got a lot of, a lot of talent on that squad, and AJ, you got to see this team recently as well. Yeah, I did. You know, the it's really early, but I think the signs have been really promising so far. I mean. There were a lot of questions heading into this season, you know, just with so many players departing and so many new faces. And 
you know, I, like I said, it, it's really early and it, it may be too early to tell, but I, I really like what I've seen so far. Um, just having, you know, being fortunate enough to cover this team up close this season. But no, I mean, they've been terrific. And I, I think, I think going back to what you were saying, Matt, you know, this year will be, I think the biggest test probably for the program. Like I, I think you could argue in its history just because, you know, having success one season and being able to, you know, repeat it and sustain it, especially with, you know, the transfer portal and so many different players coming in. I think, you know, it's it's really going to be uh, interesting to see. But I'm really eyeing that Notre Dame, Dame game. I think that's the biggest test. That's the first yeah. biggest test of the season. I think it's good to see, too, as obviously we want to see a program being built here at Michigan State for the women's soccer team. Obviously, last year was a great start to that. Yeah. But, I mean, they could have a season like Michigan State football did a year ago and kind of fall apart, have a less than ideal season like Michigan State football did. But for the soccer team, they can continue to build upon it, have another strong showing, make the uh, tournament once again. It can be really exciting to, towards becoming a more established women's soccer power, which is what I want to see. I love seeing the last year, all the non-revenue sports, it seemed like had a much improved season. For sure. I mean, women's soccer was like the pinnacle of that, along with gymnastics, of really putting on a show. And I'm hoping, and so far we've seen um, – that they've been able to continue that and sustain, and hopefully that continues going later on in the year. Well, and Jeff Osler's got an insane track record. His sure. record at Grand Valley He's was, a winner. He, he is. I mean, in his time there, I think he lost only like eight games or something ridiculous. Anchor up. It was just crazy the way that he was able to have that sort of success at Grand Valley State, and he brought that year to Michigan State. In his two years... They finished in the top of the conference both years. He's 29-8-6 on the seat or in his three years here and just continues to get the job done. Yeah, 144-12-6 at Grand Valley, including 63-2-2 in the GLIAC. Goodness. That is crazy. And he's continued the success moving up because sometimes you don't always see that. You see people move up from a Division II school to a big power like Michigan State and struggle a little bit because they're not used to it and it takes them some time to build in that talent, but maybe it's the transfer portal world, maybe it's just Jeff Hosler's really good, but he's turned them around really quickly and that's something you really want to see. So now the question, though, can they repeat this year? They were projected fourth in the Big Ten. Can they repeat as Big Ten champs? I think... It's going to be a tough stretch for them to do uh, for them to repeat again. Obviously, a lot of tough opponents in the Big Ten this year. Penn State is looking strong once again. Um, I think that's probably going to be their biggest competition. The Big Ten for women's soccer overall is a tough conference, um, which is going to make it just as difficult for them to repeat. But I see no reason why they can't. They've gotten a lot of good production early on in the year. Um, Jordan Wickes has been great off the bench. She's already got three goals on the year and hasn't even started in any of those games. Uh, Zivana Labovic is back. Uh, they have a lot of talent back on their back end, too. So I uh, had a big, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but I believe they had a big transfer portal get uh, a goalkeeper. Yeah, Caitlin Parks. Caitlin. And um, so, I, I mean. She's been good so and, far. And I think all those combined is going to make it a, a strong possibility that they can repeat. And I would, if I had to make a pick, they would be my pick for a Big Ten champion. Yeah, they replaced one All-American goalkeeper, Lauren Kozel, with another. Yep. And Caitlin Parks, I mean, Parks was an All-American in 2021. She struggled a little bit at Wake Forest last year, but she was an All-American for a reason. She posted nine shutouts in that 2021 season for Wake Forest. Has already posted two and a half this year. The only goal they've conceded wasn't given up by her. 
was given up by Ellie Thalman late in that game against Bowling Green. This team's got a lot of talent. I really like what they added in the offseason. They are losing Lauren Kozel, Lauren DeVoe, and Cameron Evans. They lost those three. They were arguably our best three players from last year. But you bring back some big pieces. And at the end of the day, with the way this team plays, you have to like how aggressive they are and how on the attack they've always been. No, and that's what I was going to talk a little bit about. I think, you know, when they get within the attacking third, they are just so aggressive in creating opportunities for themselves. Like, I think, Zach, you and I have really gotten to see that in these first few games. Um, and, I mean, Parks is really aggressive, too. Like, I, you know, they're just aggressive everywhere on the pitch. But, you know, I don't – I do think it's a, it's a possibility. But, in general, though, going back to what we talked about with Hosler, I think Michigan State is slowly but surely just becoming a, a desirable place, you know, for players to – for for the, I think it's becoming a desirable place for for people to come and for people, you know, who want to play here and and play for this team. You know, you want to play in big games, you want to be coached hard, and you want to be on a big stage. And I I think the Notre Dame game and you know with the schedule and playing in such a tough conference makes Michigan State a desirable place to be for transfers right now. And that Notre Dame game is going to be big. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about it yeah. next week because it will directly follow our show. It's a one o'clock game next Sunday, but. It's definitely going to be something to watch. On the other side of the same field at DeMartin. The pitch. Is the men's soccer team. They've been okay. I mean, they haven't really had much yet this year. They had yeah. a no contest yeah. uh, that was a crazy night. My goodness, shout I was out, working that game. Yeah, shout out to that uh, rainstorm that came through on uh, Thursday and flooded my toilet in my apartment. Um, yeah. Yep. <laughs> flooded your toilet? Yeah, The I'm in the, like, the basement, so like... Ugh. Oh my goodness. Fun times. I also found out the seal on my window isn't great. A little water was leaking through, but it's all good. That was that was a crazy night. I was working that game and it just went from pretty light outside. And I'll have to give a shout out to our producer, Joe Dez, learning about broadcaster jinx because he mentioned something about we knew there was weather, and he was on the call of that game for Big Ten Plus and said that it's a miracle we've made it this far. I kid you not. Less than two minutes later, lightning, the game is delayed and then eventually canceled, and it was just insane, and it was so funny because, like I said, less than two minutes after he said something was tough. But I will say, to the team in that game, they looked solid. They controlled the majority of that game. Loyola had some chances, but overall, it was pretty much controlled by Michigan State and then a really nice goal. From Jonathan Stout to get it started, he's got to be a big piece of their team this year. Co-freshman of the year last year in the Big Ten and returning with a vengeance this year. I'd say Stout had a great year last year, had uh, four goals and four assists, uh, which was tied for the team lead with Grayson Mercer. Uh, somebody that's played pretty well so far in their exhibition games uh, was Vida Kovac. He had uh, three goals so far in the, exhibi- in the two exhibition games and two, two goals against Pitt. Uh, only had one goal last year, so it should be interesting to see if he can continue to build upon that as a graduate, uh, as a grad senior, uh, be a veteran presence in the locker room and provide some offensive power that this team desperately needs. So I'm interested to see how he steps up and if other players um, down the list can continue to provide extra support. And it goes back to a theme that we'll talk about with a lot of different sports, but staying healthy. I mean, Vidak Kovac was battling injuries his entire career. If he can stay healthy, that just adds another piece this team struggled on the road last year. Yeah, I was about to get to that. They they were 6-3 and three at DeMartin. And DeMartin's always a great atmosphere. 
Michigan State upset Michigan at DeMartin last year in the Shout battle. Shout out for the Bear. Red Cedar Rowdies. Yeah, they, they get are, after it. They do, and that place gets gets busy. They were six and three at home, but oh six and two on the road. Gotta try and improve on that this season to improve upon their place. This is a men's soccer team that's been good in the past. I mean, they were really good for a while. And you've had some big pieces come through East Lansing, but now you gotta show it on the pitch. Yeah, I mean, finding ways to win away, I think that's uh, that'll be the key. I mean, obviously health is a big factor, and that's been an issue in the past few years. But like you said, you know, having such a great home atmosphere is always a plus, and it's an advantage, and, you know, it, it gives you a jolt of momentum. But finding a way to carry that, playing away, I, I think that's going to be the biggest thing for this team this year. Yeah, it should be interesting to see how this year goes. Last couple seasons have been less than ideal uh, for this men's soccer team, but Obviously, any uh, they can turn around at any moment, and so far they've looked solid. Although they didn't, they tied against Purdue Fort Wayne and dropped a t- close one at uh, Pitt four to three last week. Should be interesting to see. They have Bowling Green tomorrow at home. Should be interesting to see as they now. Hopefully, there's no weather expected, so get their season started off on the right foot. Uh, they have Army and Villanova, who I'm not familiar with at all in the men's soccer world. Um, coming up next week, but hopefully they can get a couple wins to start off the season and get their ball rolling in the right direction. Yeah, it kind of is unfortunate that that storm came when it did for them because you have to play 70 minutes for it to be an official game, and they only got through 54. Were they winning when the... They were. They were up 1-0 on the Jonathan Stout goal. But instead, it's no contest, and on to the next one. And a shout-out coming up in two weeks. Yeah, two weeks, September 7th against Dayton. It is Ted Lasso night at DeMartin Stadium. I'm seeing that on the website. I just felt the need oh, the to promos share are, the pro, just, promos if, are you're, if you feel inclined, I don't even know what that means. I might have to show up for this because I don't know what Ted Lasso night means, but you have I'm to intrigued. dress up as Ted Lasso. I need the mustache. I need everything. Oh, wow. I I need the hair from you, Merrifield, too. The mustache. I, if I, it would take me two months to grow a Ted Lasso <laughs> mustache, maybe more, but oh, um, anyways... <laughs> I don't even know how to transition from that. I <laughs> Well, let's just move on to the other fall sport that started. We'll talk a little bit about this, and then we're going to take a break and come back with Michigan State football. But it's volleyball. Michigan State volleyball, a team that gets a lot of eyes. Like People don't realize how many people end up watching volleyball in the Big Ten. It's one of the best volleyball conferences in the country, if not the best volleyball con- conference in the country. And they're adding UCLA, too, which is going to help. And... Michigan State's a team that's trying to get better. Leah Johnson's in her second year. She had a really good track record at Illinois State before coming over to Michigan State. They lost a couple of key pieces. Becca Poljan's gone. Emma Monk's gone. But they bring back some pretty solid stuff. They started this weekend in Arkansas. Lost to 25th-ranked Arkansas. Got swept on Friday. Lost to Tulsa yesterday 3-1. They lost a really tight first set. Hammered Tulsa in the second set and then couldn't finish from there. They've got Central Arkansas today. But what have you seen from this team? What are you looking for? Uh, last year was a tough year for this team, to say the least. Obviously, 13-18, and 4-16 and 16 in conference play. But like you said, the Big Ten is an absolute gauntlet with teams like Wisconsin. I believe they have four teams in the preseason top 25 uh, between Wisconsin, Minnesota, uh, Nebraska, Penn State, and Ohio State in the top 15. That's five. Uh, Purdue's also a top 25 team. You had UCLA coming in next year it's just it's going to be a tough rebuild for Leah Johnson I think she's capable of it at Illinois State she had a lot of success 
Hopefully she can continue to bring that here. It was interesting to see last year they moved over to the Breslin Center. I thought that was a good move for the, just the program. It's get more people in the building, uh, bring more excitement to the program. I, I, ho- I hope they can have more success this year. Will it come? I I honestly don't know. I'm not the I'm not the expert to become on on these airwaves and promise anything. I'm gonna be the optimistic and say yes. And I don't even did they finish last in the Big Ten last year? Or were they? I think they were second to last. I okay. think they were ahead of. They Rutgers. will finish top ten in the Big Ten this year. That's my prediction. Mm, okay. Yeah, I mean, going back to what you're saying in terms of, you know, what's to look for. I think just signs of improvement, like you said, I, the move to the Breslin Center. I think it it epitomizes the fact that there are eyes on this team. And so people want to see improvement. And so I think, you know, just finding a way to get out of the cellar of the Big Ten, that's that should be the main objective. And obviously the start to the season hasn't been promising, you know, going 0-2. But, you know, like I like I said, I don't think there's there should be one, you know, primary objective like we've seen for the women's soccer team, to, you know, to repeat or to be near the top of the Big Ten. But, you know, just to take some steps this season. Obviously this will be another rebuilding year likely, but it's important to find a way to make some progress this year. And this team has a lot of international players as well, international flavor. There are five international players on this team. A couple of players from Turkey that were here last year, Neil Kerr, Selin Aslian, both played together in Turkey. A couple of players from Poland and then a freshman from New Zealand as well in Taylor Holdham, who's had a big impact early for them. I talked to Leah Johnson earlier this week about the international flavor, and she mentioned something about how... Their job is to recruit the best. doesn't matter where they're from. And she wants to recruit elite talent, and she feels like she has. And we'll have to see if that ends up being the case and if she can figure out how to get this team moving. And we'll keep an eye on it going forward and where we're at. But we're going to step aside, come back in a minute with Michigan State football. This is the Green and White Report on WTBM. Welcome back to the Green and White Report. Here on WDBM East Lansing, we're going to get into Michigan State football, and this is probably a topic that will span a little while. With the first game coming up this weekend, first let's talk a little bit about last season. What was your biggest takeaway from last season, and what do you think is the biggest thing that needs to change going into this season for this squad to make a bowl game? Do you want to start, AJ? Or do you... <laughs> I mean, there's a lot to get into about Where how... Where do we start? Last year was a dumpster fire. Preferably not with the Indiana 22-yard field goal. Oh, God. We don't need can to Can we start, start with the special teams? Can that, like, besides... We can talk oh, about this okay. year starting Bra- with Bra- Brace, Brace Barringer, gone. Sad. Just a sad day. And the rest of the special teams just could barely tie its shoes. Thank God Hank Pepper is back. Hank Pepper is healthy, right? Hank Pepper yeah. is okay. Good. Healthy. When he According went down, to Mel when he went down last year, that and not having a backup long snapper was less than ideal. Mel Tucker said, "You don't notice that you don't have a snapper until you don't, you don't have a snapper." <laughs> good one, Mel. Um, anyways, uh, last year was a tire fire. Um, the run game sucked. The I defense still wasn't great. I thought that okay. I thought the second half of last season actually wasn't that bad. I would agree. I, I, think, I think like around Wisconsin, it flipped. Like I didn't think that like the Michigan loss really wasn't that bad. Obviously, people barely remember the game because of what happened afterwards. But yeah. I thought that game was honestly for it was seven. seven I mean, they, for they, a they while. played them close. They held. They stopped them in the red zone, like because Michigan's red zone offense sucks, um, which is weird because they have two of the best running backs in the country. 
Yes. Run, when you're on the one yard line, Jim, run the damn ball. Um, anyways, that's enough Michigan talk for today. Um, but I thought the Illinois game, they played well in. Rutgers, they took care of business. Indiana, they took care of And they, they should have won that game if we're, like, I mean, the, if you look at it. The first half, they dominated Indiana. Yeah. And then the second half, they just stopped playing football. Um, so The game flipped on that kick return touchdown. Indiana got a kick return touchdown, uh, and it changed the game. And at the end of the day, you played well enough to win that game. You yes. didn't win it. It is what it is. You go 5-7. and seven, But I think when we get into the schedule more, because we can go through the schedule here, I think that this is going to be a game that more likely, or a season that sees improvement yeah. for Michigan State. But we'll see. I, I, on the show, she, you, said you have, will they be better? Yes. They, I, 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 I can't see a scenario where they're, we're last, they are worse than last year. Um, for as bad as the injury problems were, obviously having losing like Hank Pepper on special teams was tough, and then up and down defense and offense. They just were trying to replace players every week. Um, I think... I forget what the stat was about having timeouts, including injury timeouts. Michigan State led the country in timeouts last year. I forget what the stat really? was. Really? I know what you're talking about. There was a stat. Yeah. I forget what the stat was. I Hopefully I can find it on Twitter. But it was basically because, you know, Twitter is so reliable. But it was basically saying. X? X. <laughs> talk about Elon for 20 minutes on the show. But the basically Michigan State, I forget what the number of allotted timeouts. You have, you have what, six a game times 12, which is 84. Four, 72. 72. 72. Uh, so, and they had over they had over 100 timeouts last year. With injuries. So that with, doesn't it, surprise me. It, there were a ton in that Illinois game alone. I, know I mean, it's it just... It was... That game was just a crazy game with the wind that day and just the team had... I mean, you were starting two D tackles at the end. Yeah. Right. I mean, and that was the biggest thing for me last year, honestly, the injuries. Like, it, it was just like every week, that I feel like that was the biggest battle. And, you know, Mel talked about it. I feel like every week just about not being able to practice with X amount of players and not being able to do this and that. And it just, it limits your team so much. Um, Zach, going back to what you were talking about, I feel like in a lot of ways, the Indiana game sort of just epitomized this, the season really like yeah. just in terms of the potential being there signs of great football. And then, right. you know, yeah. and then whatever, whatever in the world we saw, like, right. That was, I feel like that that really epitomized just the course of the entire year. I did find the tweet that I was thinking of. So Michigan State led the nation with 110 timeouts in 2022. Goodness. And they could have only called 76 if you include when they went to overtime. Um, so, yeah, they had, was that, 34 injury timeouts during the season. That's a lot. That Over 12 game. That's three a game. That's a, I mean, That is a lot. It doesn't seem like a lot, but uh, which did lead the nation. Um, I think... This year, there's obviously going to have new, new faces with Thorne, Coleman, and Jaden Reed gone. Reed and Coleman hurts a lot. Obviously, Reed, we were expecting to leave, go to the draft. Keon Coleman leaving. is I think that's truly the first loss this program has had to the transfer portal where it's like, wow, like they lost a star. Because most of the time when players have left, they've gone to max schools or lower power five schools where it's like, okay, they just can't play at the level we wanted to play at, Michigan State wants to be playing at. Um, but Coleman, but I think at receiver, it's one of the more replaceable positions. And I think that the talent this year, while it's a lot of unknown besides uh, Trey Mosley, I think they honestly will be fine. Obviously, you can't replace Keon Coleman because of the freak athlete that he is. But I honestly don't think the receiver room will be as bad as people think. It's not decimated. I would, I would agree. I think it's going to be interesting. But 
let's move into the big topic and then we'll go through the schedule and give our record predictions and breakout players. But the QB battle. It's been the talk of the team. For a little bit, Mel Tucker and the staff were playing it off like it was a three-person race, throwing Sam Levitt in there. Sam Levitt's not going to be in there. It's going to be Noah Kim or Kaden Hauser. And we were talking a little before. We've got arguments for both sides. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see who comes out on top of it because reports have been good They about both quarterbacks in camp. We'll see what happens, but I know, Merrifield, you're on the Noah Kim train. Oh, I love Noah Kim. Last year, I'll be honest, my support for him was ironic just because, I mean, it's Noah Him. It was the meme, and he would come in in garbage time against Minnesota when Michigan State's getting trounced by 40, and he comes in, throws a touchdown, and everybody feels good about themselves. But honestly, seeing more of him at spring ball and just I've started to believe I do like his arm talent. Um, something I think that does go underrated, I think it's his leadership abilities. A lot of times, obviously, us being students, we have a different perspective of the athletes on campus. We see him at class. We see him around more in public. I've seen Noah Kim around just in East Lansing, and he's always with teammates. Like, it's always him with two, three linemen or two, three of the receivers. Like, I think that goes to show when I saw Peyton Thorne around town, he never was with other teammates, which I think kind of says something. I'm, I'm not, I just, it's, I think it's something interesting and something to pay attention to, just kind of that leadership that I think Noah Kim brings to the table. I don't think there's a bad option. I think Kaden Hauser's been highly touted. He's kind of been that boy wonder since he signed two years ago. I hope if he does, if if it is Hauser, I hope he can step up. And I, I believe that whoever they go to, they are going to be ready. I wouldn't expect the team to give the keys to Kaden Hauser as a 19-year-old redshirt freshman unless they believe that he was ready. But... And unless they believe he can be the quarterback right. for the next few right. years. Right. Say you say you got four years left, Caden. Three years. You Which got... I think that if they do go to Caden Hauser, he's got all the arm talent. There's a reason that he was that highly touted recruit. He was an elite eleven quarterback. He was outstanding in high school. He's got the look of someone that can be that elite level quarterback. It's just going to be time to prove it. If they give it to him, he's going to have to go out there and prove it. I do think there's a shot, and hopefully for Michigan State's side, a good chance that both quarterbacks, at least, if not all three, play in those first two weeks. You've got Central Michigan week one on Friday night. That's a game you need to win. And the same thing with Richmond. And you need to win those games comfortably. Richmond is a solid FBS team, but not a great FBS team or FCS team. It's not like you're playing North Dakota State. I mean... Yeah, I mean, yeah, they did make the they did they, 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 they made, made the playoffs. playoffs last year, but they're not. Yeah, you're right. They're not. Yeah. yeah, you you have to win that game. You have to win it comfortably, and we'll go through it. But AJ, you got anything on the quarterback battle? I think it's just a good problem to have. I, uh, like you said, Matt, I don't think you can go wrong with with either guy. But I want to go back to what you talked about. That was something I I had never heard before. So that was really interesting what you said about oh, just the like see him in public and stuff. Yeah, like that. I I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, it speaks volumes to him. I think. I think it's just an underrated thing that goes yeah. into it is just that leadership. I think that's part of what Michigan State was missing last year. It didn't feel like there was somebody at the helm running the ship that could write if something went wrong. I felt like two years ago, I mean, so, something I want to see going forward with Mel Tucker that I haven't seen yet is those D'Antonio guys in 21, it felt like they were the leaders. I know Xavier Henderson was still here last year, but being injured kind of plays into his ability to impact on the field stuff. But having Connor Hayward having Xavier Henderson, having players like that that just are, they're going to outwork you regardless of how talented they are and having them just in the locker room and to be able to right the ship when stuff goes wrong. I didn't think they had that last year. 
and I think it should come from the quarterback position. I think that's the most important position. Whether it was coming from Thorne or not, I don't know, but I'd like to believe that maybe Noah Kim could be that leadership guy that they need. Is he the most spectacular star-studded quarterback? No, uh, but he can make the throws, and he's a leadership guy that everybody's going to be able to gather around because I think whether or not this team makes a bowl game is not going to be reliant on the quarterback play to an extent. It's going to come down to the run game, which was not very good last year, especially early in the year. If that can get fixed, which I'm very excited about the running back room, we can get in that in a little, into, in a little bit. I think, honestly, either one is not a bad choice. So I agree. I think it's going to be definitely interesting to watch. But let's look into this record. This is our lone show before the season starts. So get your predictions in now. Got to lock them in on the airwaves. At freezing cold takes, whatever you need to do with it. Starting Friday, everybody's got to have a win, right? Yeah. I would assume you got to beat Central. I mean, D'Antonio lost to Central. Yeah, but it, it, I, it, I don't think there's an Antonio Brown. Unless, uh, shout out Macomb Dakota to Javion Stepney is the next Antonio Brown. That'd be pretty cool because I graduate with him. But other than that, I don't think there's an Antonio Brown on the Central Michigan I team. will say, though, about Central, one thing that Michigan State struggled with last year is running quarterbacks. And Central has two of those. Neither of their quarterbacks are spectacular, but they can both run. If you get Bert Emanuel Jr. in there, he's going to run. Yeah. And they've got another quarterback in there as well. I'm blanking on his name right now, but they've got really talented athletic quarterbacks. Whether or not they're going to end up doing a ton, we'll see. But I, I think Michigan State's got to win that game. Uh, yeah, you have to win. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, it's, I mean, it's the home opener on a Friday night. Michigan State loves to do Friday night home games. Quick quick fun fact. Since 20, I believe 2011, do you know how many times Michigan State has opened the season on a Friday night? It's probably it's been at thir- least thir- like, 13 season openers. It's probably nine. I believe it's, I believe it's 11. The only okay. two times wow. was 2017 when they opened against Bowling Green, and then 2020. 2020. Was there another season? I don't think. I think that's it. I think those okay. are the only two. That wouldn't but surprise they, they me. They always open on Friday nights, even when they uh, and they probably would have in 2020 because they were supposed to play Northwestern to open the 2020 season, and like what they did in 21, they probably would open on Friday night. But regardless, yeah, this, they so they love to open on Friday nights. They should beat Central Michigan. Like there's, and I'm assuming Richmond as well. Everybody's got. Yeah, if yes. they lose to Richmond. Uh, I, I either I'm going to start making a narrative now as to why that happened and defend this team, or I'm going to come in the day after my birthday and burn this place to the ground. So don't oh, lose, hey. don't don't lose, please, <coughs> please don't lose that game. All right, Anyways. so now we can get into the bigger games. You got Washington coming into East Lansing. It's a game on Peacock only, but <laughs> if you don't have Peacock, you can listen to us. You can listen to WDBM. East Lansing, can, can, Matt Merrifield can, and Zach Sloak will have it. Can we on one of the one of the weekends or one of these shows just talk about conference alignment and just make fun of the TV contracts? Like we we can not we yet, can. not but yet, we can. but we will get to it. Please, I just want we got to enjoy college football for like at least one I, week I, before I we start say, talking about realignment. I am very excited for college football when we get to our nationwide yes. coverage. This mm-hmm. is going to be a fun year of college football, regardless of what Michigan State does. But anyways, Washington, yeah, I I, I think they win. Really, I, really? I think I think Washington. I I don't know what the stat is, but I, they haven't won on the west on the East Coast since like '09. Like, it, it, it's, I mean, it's, that sounds right. Michigan tough, State also right, never wins on right, the West Coast. Right. It's as tough as it is for Big Ten teams and to go out west. It's just as hard for those West Coast teams to come here. Um, I mean, the last example I can think of obviously is when Michigan State went to Oregon, and now I know the 2015 Oregon team wasn't that good. Um, 
but they still took care of business at home. So I, I can see a scenario like that. Um, I know Washington just lost one of their running backs. Obviously, Wayne Talapapa went to the NFL. Now they, I, for, I can't remember. I know his last name is Davis. I know he is expected to be done for the year or he's hurt. Oh, the running back. The running back. Um, yes, Cody Davis, I think. I thought it started with an M. It was like Malik Davis or something like that. But anyways, he, uh, losing, obviously, their running back is not ideal. I know Michael Penix is Michael Penix. We'll see. I still think Michigan State finds a way to win that game. It's going to be the Rose Bowl reunion. It's going to be the premier home game early on. Obviously, the Michigan game coming down later. But I think Michigan State, the energy is still going to be there from the deep end and the Spartan crowd. I think they get it done against Washington. Cameron Davis. Cameron Davis. Yes. I'm optimistic. Your optimism surprised me. I mean, yeah, me too. Keep in mind, I said this Michigan State team was making the playoff last year. So let's just no, but take I, that with a grain of salt. I, I was wrong, obviously, but I think you did make a good point though about West Coast teams coming here because I mean that was the biggest thing last year. You know, there was a lot of talk about the Washington game and, and Michigan State going out there, and obviously we saw what happened. But I think. I, it'll be interesting to me to see if it is just really as hard to for them to come out here and play. I mean, two years ago, Michigan hosted Washington. They didn't have to go to Washington, but um, they Washington came here or came to Ann Arbor, and Michigan curb stomped them. Now and, I know that Washington team was not good. No, and the Michigan team was what, good. was good. But and the thing about this game is it's not a noon game, right? Which helps because it's not a nine a.m. Pacific time start for right. Washington. It's going to be right around a two o'clock. Pacific time start. And I think the biggest thing in this game, I feel like there's a chance Michigan State wins this game. I've been, I've had a weird feeling about this game, similar to the feeling I had the opposite way last year when Michigan State went to Seattle. But Michael Penix is so good. And that Washington team is going to be so much better offensively than Michigan State is, I think. It's going to be the first real test for this defense, though. And it's something we haven't talked about a ton. I really like this Michigan State defense, especially their front seven. Their front seven is really, really talented. It, it, I, I agree. I, I love Michigan State's front seven this year. Um, but I think the big thing, too, and this is more just a kind of a knock against Washington, obviously the Pac-12's got some really good teams at the top. USC played last night. Caleb Williams looked like Caleb Williams. Um, Oregon's going to be good. I'm going to support Bo Nix all year. We'll oh, get into of that. Course. Oregon State. <laughs> Back to the Bo Nix Heisman. O- Oregon State and DG Ukulele is going to be really good. Um Obviously, they have a chip on their shoulder with the whole uh, Pac-12 uh, dissolving, basically. Yes. Um, but I, I think if there's one of those teams, obviously Utah and Washington, I think if one team's going to disappoint, my pick is Washington. I, I think dis- the, I think I they're the, I think that. they're the team to disappoint, which we can get into that later. What do you think? I'm really high on Michael Penix and yeah. Washington. I I think that team does well. I think if any of those teams can disappoint, one Oregon State is the clear candidate to disappoint. But two, I think. Oregon is more likely to disappoint than Washington, but we'll we'll, we'll see. see. We'll I, see. As long the only thing I'm happy about now, I want to worry because you know tune in to listen on Impact. But if you are watching the game on Peacock, um, hopefully Todd Blackledge doesn't talk about big Penix energy like RG3 did last year. Should <laughs> should Penix torch the secondary um, like he did last year? But anyways, uh, let's move on to yeah, homecoming. I, yeah, I'm gonna give a loss to okay. Michigan State, so I've I've got him two and one. I'm guessing AJ, are you in the same boat there? Yes. Yes, okay. I'll get to AJ. I know my optimism can get All right. <laughs> so, Maryland at home. This is an underrated Maryland team, in my opinion. I think they're going to be better than people think, but I still think Michigan State wins this game at home. 
I I am high on Maryland this year. I looking at like over under season totals. Yeah. Um I this was back in like June or yeah, this end of June. Uh at the time Maryland at over seven and a half was plus one thirty four and I was all over the over like in over that. seven and a half? Over seven and a half. I think I think they beat one of the big three in the East. I think Ooh. they finally they gave last year in Ann Arbor they gave Michigan a game early in the year. They did. Um, I'm not saying they're going to go out and beat Michigan in College Park. I'm just saying I think this is the year Mike Loxley gets that premier win. Um, yeah, but I, still, it's homecoming. I, I I I have Michigan State winning that game. So you got the Spartans at four. I, I do think they go four. No, I don't. I don't think the schedule is as tough. As I don't people. think so either. I've got them three and one. Are you three and one or are you two and two? They won't be worse than three and one to the first four games. I don't. I, Ooh, don't, I, I could very possibly. I think there's a very real chance they're two and two. I don't think they're worse than two and two. But I think they could lose to both Washington and Maryland. I don't think they will, though. I, I've got Michigan State over Maryland. No, I don't think they lose to, to both of those teams. I mean, I, it's tough, but I, 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 I'll give, I think they win this one. All right. I think they win that one. So, 3-1 and one going into, for me, going into what has always been a guaranteed loss for Michigan State. At Iowa, in Iowa City, I'll start this one off and I'll make Merrifield happy. I weirdly think they win this game. I do too. I don't know why. I love it. I I, 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 I don't I don't love and I know there are some people that are gonna be listening to this calling us crazy. And you might be right. Almost slappy. I, the biggest thing for me is not even that in that respect for me. I don't trust Iowa. Oh, Brian and Ferentz? That's, that's my thing. I don't trust Iowa. If this was somebody else, like I'm gonna get to some other games here. I don't think this Michigan State team's gonna be spectacular this year. But I don't trust Iowa. At all. I think Michigan State can... It's going to be really weird because I'm realizing as I'm going along that I'm going to have a better record for Michigan State than I thought would before I was looking through the schedule. They will lose one more of these games than I'm going to pick them to lose. Maybe. I can almost guarantee it. I, I think Michigan State got lucky, obviously, playing the Big Ten East. Your schedule's always going right. to be tough. And then you have Washington. You have four top ten games in the preseason. Yeah. But the Big Ten West schedule, I honestly am a fan of. I mean, we'll get into Minnesota and Nebraska coming down the road. I don't think... Michigan State will lose at least one of those games, in my opinion. I don't... I think I know what game you're going to say, and I don't think... I, but we'll get into it. I think it's most likely Iowa, but... They might. I, I, I think the most likely culprit is Iowa, because McNamara, I think, is going... I don't know if how... If he's healthy. If he's healthy, one, two. Are we going to find out how bad Brian Ferentz's offense is this year? Because I think we might. Like, I genuinely think I, it's an unstoppable force. I, and I don't think Cade Cad McNamara is fat premier of a he's a very good quarterback he's a very good game manager great but is he that much of a game changer where he is going to change that offense i don't think so and i know I eric hall is has, a great tight end i don't end. think he has the weapons because you have eric hall but i was always had tight ends right the thing is they don't have the premier talent on the outside and at running back and that's why i don't trust iowa because Cade mcnamara with elite talent mm. can be an extremely good quarterback we saw that at michigan he took him to the playoff but i don't think without that elite talent that Iowa's going to be that good. I don't trust Iowa, yeah. man. Yeah. Eric All, future Lions tight end. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Anyways. We got we got some <laughs> Lions talk maybe later in, in and out. Anyways, AJ, what do, you, what do you think about Iowa City? I hate to break the spirit, but I, I think they're losing this one. Okay. Um, I, I The more I think about it, the more I'm with you. <laughs> because I think they are going to lose one of those Big Ten West games. But, yeah, I'll go, I'll go three and two as well with AJ. Merrifield's sitting at five and zero. He's uh, he's cruising. Oh, All right, at Rutgers, they gotta win this game, right? 
They have to. Oh, yes. yeah, they have to. Yes. Okay. Uh, let's yeah. just leave it at that and move to the big game with Michigan. Merrifield has Michigan State 6-0. Against an, Whoa. I'm guessing, undefeated Michigan team at the time uh, in his I, mind. Can I look at Michigan's schedule going? I, there's a game I feel like Michigan's going to lose. And I, uh, do they play any? Could they, is there even a chance that they have a loss? Give, me, give me a second. You guys go before uh, I, I embarrass not, myself on these airwaves. They're not beating Michigan at home this year. I think they can keep it close. I do. But they're not winning that game. They just, Michigan, this is the best team Michigan's had in Harbaugh's time there. And I don't think it's particularly close. So after, you had. A- after you know Michigan or Harbaugh's lovely three-game suspension, um, they have Rutgers. Mm-hmm. That's a win. They're, they're going to win at home. They go to Nebraska. They will win that game. I know don't, they will. Don't do it to yourself. I, 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 they will win. Do it to Matt yourself. Rule. <laughs> Matt Rule makes me want to run through a brick wall, but I think year one Nebraska is going to struggle. Even though Jeff Sims, I don't know. Jeff Sims reminds me a lot of Anthony Richardson, which is a bad thing. Um, which when we get into NFL talk. Anyways, um, your Colts. No comment. Uh, at Minnesota, Minna- we'll get into Minnesota. I don't think they're that good. Uh, Indiana who blows. Yeah, Michigan and Michigan State will be undefeated again. Michigan State will not be undefeated going into that game, but fair enough. Um, and I think Michigan State loses that game at home. And I don't. I think it's uh, two touchdowns. Don't. <laughs> no I, way. Oh God, I'm gonna say they're gonna lose. They cover because the spread's gonna be way too high. Yeah, I think it's like twenty something right oh, now. God, I hammer it like that's. Oh God, but. Michigan's going to win, but I hate, I hate saying it. Michigan will win that game. AJ, you on board? Yes. All right, so we've got them 3-3. Three and three. Enough said. Or 4-3? Four and, four and yeah, 4-3. Four 4-3. and three. Four and, three. and Merrifield's looking at 6-1. 6-1. 6-1. Oh, goodness. Bro. All right, then at Minnesota, I picked them to lose to Iowa. I think they beat Minnesota. If they beat Iowa, I think they lose to Minnesota. But I'm going to go with... Michigan State over Mi- Minnesota. Minnesota to to is going to be so awful this year. I think so too. I don't even know his first name. Calicum Athan. What number one? I don't know what the hell that the, name is. The quarterback. Yeah, Calicum He sucks. Like I oh. ju- like. I'm sorry. When he played, when um, who was the seven year senior that started for them? Um, Tanner Morgan. Tanner Morgan. Tanner Morgan. Very good quarterback. Mo Ibrahim. Awesome running back. I hope he makes the Lions uh, 53 man roster. Both of them are gone. I don't know how that offense is going to operate because when Kalmanakis started last year, all they did was run it 40 times, and they still barely won their games. I am so out on Minnesota. I love P.J. Fleck um, and his cult that he runs, quote-unquote. Quote-unquote, I I think that whole headline was hilarious because I actually do like P.J. Fleck, and I like what he's doing at Minnesota. But Michigan State wins that game. I'm so out on Minnesota this year. I don't know why people think they're a sleeper to win the West. I don't see it. but Yeah. um, All right. So, do we all have them beating Minnesota, or are you... Yeah. Okay. So, Nebraska at home. This is the game I think they get to six wins here. I think they get bowl eligible. I think they beat Nebraska. Yeah, I think they beat Nebraska. Senior day. Yeah, I I think they get that done. I agree. So, Merrifield, are you sitting at... Seven and one? Seven and no, one. I think eight, it's eight, 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 eight and one. Eight and one, bro. Going in late in November. And then comes the slaughter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Going this... down to Ohio State. Ohio State's already had that game circled. They've been posting stuff about it. It's primetime NBC. Ohio State is winning that game. No, I... Okay, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> oh, oh I, don't do yeah, it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. I'm totally kidding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just did that to mess with you. <laughs> oh, man. You got so excited. You said, yes. <laughs> Merrifield. 
Oh, they're uh, losing that game. The, oh, yeah, right? they're losing that game. My only hope, and this is more for like the future of this program, is lose this game by twenty, please. Like keep okay. it keep it competitive because my issue with Mel, my one complaint. Well, I have a couple complaints, but my big complaint about Mel Tucker football here at Michigan State is Mark D'Antonio. I think in his time at Michigan State got trounced by Ohio State like two times. Like I remember in 17, they got trounced in Columbus, but like 2018 and 2019, even those Michigan State teams weren't that good. They gave them games. No, but that defense was elite. Those I, defenses I, I, were I, crazy. It just doesn't it matter. Mel Tucker in his three games against Ohio State has gotten his heart ripped out. Yeah. And all like they literally just gotten their yeah, it's, it's, like, it's terrible. Like I want to be able to watch this game. Well, especially if they're eight and one. I mean, <laughs> but you know, you know, we went. They went to Columbus two years ago. And if they're eight and one, game day is going to be there, man. <laughs> it didn't really matter. Matt, two bro, years you ago. might need to reevaluate this. Eight and one, man. You, you okay, might. they're lose. They're going to be eight and two because they're going to lose to Ohio State. I just Indiana's going to be the worst team in the Big Ten. That's my take right now. Oh yeah. Well, uh, the Big Ten East, Northwestern, Northwestern going to be really bad. But I think I think that in the East, Indiana will be the worst team there. I. I love Tom Allen. I don't think he's going to be there after this year. Uh, give me Michigan State over Indiana to get to seven and four, and I'm going to finish the year at seven and five. Spoiler alert! But you guys, we do we have? Uh, I guess you know. I know there's a hot take part of the uh, national wide segment, but yeah. this isn't my full hot take for the year. Uh, Penn State's winning the East. Ooh. Um, and Penn State's going to beat them. See, in you know, you call that a hot take, but like that's everyone's I, I, hot take. So I, I feel like it's still why, be a hot take. And I hate that because I've been on Penn State for the last two years, and they've let me down twice. And I'm finally like, this has to You're be. You're trusting the year. James Franklin. You know, I don't want to. <laughs> I think um, it's more likely that. Okay, I, I like Penn State, and this is not anything against Penn State because I do think they're going to be a top fifteen team in the country. But this is more of a testament to how much better I think Michigan and Ohio State are. I think it's more likely Michigan State beats Penn State than Penn State wins the East. Because Penn State, I don't Michigan think State doesn't question. play that well. Or Michigan State plays really well against Penn State. I know they historically. do. Um, but Penn State, I think had it been any slanting, you know, that doesn't make a deep hill beans difference. It'd be Thanksgiving weekend. Nobody would come. So, um, And it's a night game. So I mean, it's a night game in Ford Field, so I can't wait to watch the cavern. That'll be cool, though. It'll be a cool environment, I think, especially <laughs> if Michigan State is somehow if, if they're, sitting at they're what playing, is that, nine yeah, and two. If they're nine and two, they're playing for a New Year's Six bid, and at that, that point, place will be busy. At that point, that but I could see it juice. weirdly being busy because of the Lions. Because Lions play at home Thanksgiving Day. Right, and then you get the little triple header of MHSAA action on Saturday and Sunday. Quadruple header, actually. Yeah, make a whole weekend out of it. <laughs> but no, I think that uh, I think it could be an interesting game there. But So my final record prediction is 7-5 because we got to get through that. we got to get quickly to our breakout players, and then we got to get to a break. But yeah. 9-3. 9-3? And, nine and nine and That's nice Gator Bowl action down in Tampa. Against Auburn. Um, go ahead. Oh, no. This, Auburn's going to suck this year. They're going to be so bad. Under six and a half wins is such a free lock. Anyways, wow. if, you're, if you're inclined. They play an SEC schedule, though, which means they don't play anybody outside of the SEC. And then they've got... the. Ooh. I mean, they go to... All right, this is, not an, this is not an Auburn season preview. Go ahead. AJ, what's the final? They're going to lose at Cal. Seven and five, man. Seven and five. Seven and five. I'm yeah. with you. Lose at Cal? <laughs> Cal? What? Could, you, could you imagine... They're not losing to Cal, yeah, you're going bro. Crazy, bro. Peyton Thorn. Okay, <laughs> they're um, not losing to Cal. <laughs> their their schedule, even at, hold on, let me pull it up real quick. Future we'll, ACC champions, we'll, Cal. We'll, 
<laughs> Let's see. I have to pull up Auburn's football oh, schedule. We have All to. Right. While you look up Auburn's football schedule, right, we'll look it. into I the. I got it. UMass. Okay, they're beating. Because UMass lost last night. Or no, no UMass, UMass won, won, won yesterday. Night. Don Brown. Potential. They are not losing to Don, <laughs> to Don Brown and UMass. Right. Uh, Auburn plays UMass when they go to Cal. They'll win that game. Okay. Samford. Samford, not Stanford. Uh, Samford, Samford is a win. They'll win. They go to AM. That's a loss. They play Georgia. I don't even know if they score a point. Uh, at LSU, that's a loss. Uh, Ole Miss, at home. That's probably a win. I think they lose the game. I'm high on okay. Ole Miss. Mississippi State at home, I think they win. At Vanderbilt, turns out Vanderbilt's not that good. Shocker. At, at, after last night. Uh, at Arkansas, New Mexico State, and then Auburn. Or Alabama. They have the Iron Bowl. That's six and six. That's best case scenario they go six. I don't and think six. it's best case scenario, but I think it is a real possibility. Anyways, that was my field. Let's get to our breakout. Yes, our... Breakout players on the offensive side and on the defensive side. We'll start well, let's go no quarterbacks on offense. Because there's the quarterback battle and obviously the quarterback whoever wins that is gonna be a potential for it. But let's go no quarterbacks. Merrifield, let's start with you. Um and I think you might take mine. Uh well uh, do you want to split Carter and the other one? I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say Nate Carter. But... Oh, oh, I'll take the other one then. Because I do like Nate Carter a lot at the running back position, but I've been thinking about him. Jerron Glover, the redshirt freshman wide receiver out of Sarasota, Florida, I believe. Um, I'm very high on him. They've been posting him a lot. Michigan State has been posting a lot on their Instagram, which I think is for good reason because I think he's going to have a big role in this offense this coming year. Obviously, like we talked about Keon Coleman, Jaden Reed gone. So besides Trey Mosley, who's going to step up, I think Glover is going to be one of that guy's um, I think he's six one. Uh, he's fast. Uh, he's got a good good frame at six one for his speed. I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, Hauser obviously came in with the same class as him. If he's starting, or even Kim, they both got second team reps last year, so they have reps and chemistry from the year before at practice. We'll see how that translates. But Jerron Glover is my guy at the wide because I think the wide receiver room is wide open. Yeah, and I'll talk about Nate Carter a little bit since we kind of alluded to my pick. I think Nate Carter's going to be really good. They're talking about him really highly. Let me preface this. He is not Kenneth Walker. But they are talking about him similar to the way they talked about Kenneth Walker in fall camp. Every time they talk about Nate Carter, they're talking about him breaking another home run. He's broke another one. He's broke another one. That's really high praise to to make those type of comparisons. I don't think he's going to be Kenneth Walker. He's not going to have a Heisman-type season. But I think he could rush for 1,000 yards. I mean, uh, I think with Nate Carter, I was at Big Time Media Day, and Mel Tucker mentioned Kenneth Walker. Like he's, I think he was talking about his ability in the weight room. For those who haven't seen a photo of Nathan Carter, unfortunately, we don't have the Twitch stream or any way to like show you. Um, yeah, but he is a large human being. I think he's like five ten. Like he's not a yeah, huge he's not guy, super but tall. He, you don't want to get in a fight with this guy. He um, he's a very large human being. He's a gym rat, as what they uh, the term might be. He's just yeah. He's active. listed at five ten, two hundred. Yeah, he's a large human being. Um, which kind of similar to Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker was huge in the weight room. I thought it was interesting. That's just the word choice of. I think Mel Tucker understands, you know, kind of the expectation that comes with that Kenneth Walker. So you can't throw that word around lightly. At least I hope he's not throwing that word around lightly. And if he does understand what he means when he says that. Nathan Carter is going to be a stud. And I think the run game is going to have to be much improved this year. But I think the running back room is going to be a lot better this year. And uh, I think the O-line's got to help too. But I, I think the I O-line think will be better to. too this year. But, but oh, Go ahead, AJ. 
for sure. No, I'm optimistic about both of those guys. I, I going back to Glover though, I think he, he's my breakout guy. I, the receiver room is going to be wide open, and, and regardless of whoever the quarterback is, I, I think he's going to break out this year. I, I think the uh, seven tight ends, one of them, pick pick your poison. Oh, Malik Carr, obviously. I mean, Malik Carr. I think big he, I don't. Yeah. I mean, is he? I mean, I could he have a big year and be like a Mackey finalist? Maybe. I hope so. He's a great tight end. Yeah. Um, I hope they. Honestly, I do hope they use him more because he is a true like. They talked about he is a wide receiver. More. He's a they've, he's a they've talked wide about receiver. him understand. Well, he started in college as a wide receiver, right. but they're talking about him finally understanding what it means to be a tight end, and that makes me think he's going to be a big part of this offense. And if he is, he can bring you some of that production that Keon Coleman had, because he's just such a matchup nightmare. Malik Carr is ridiculously difficult to guard because yes. he's six six, and he's a tight end. But you can't put a linebacker on him. He's right. going to run by him. And you can't put a corner on him. He's going to jump over him. Right. And that's just the way that it is. And so it's going to be really interesting to see. I also think another guy in the receiver room, um, sophomore Tyrell Henry. Yes. So something to keep in mind is last year, and honestly, I think it's interesting that uh, I thought the biggest loss from the receiver room, honestly, obviously Keon's huge, but Jeremy Bernard transferring, I thought was kind of tough just because he was a freshman receiver last year and I had high expectations going forward. Yeah. Um, but Tyrell Henry was a true freshman receiver last year, and he stuck around. Obviously, he was huge on special teams. Mm-hmm. I expect him to have a big step forward simply because I think there's a reason he stuck around and Jeremy Bernard didn't. Whether what I, I mean, I don't. I'm not in touch with the program like that, so I have no idea. But I'm hoping that him sticking around means that he's going to be a big part of this passing offense, and there he's going to be rewarded for the work he put in on special teams last year. And I do think he is a talented receiver out of Roseville. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. I also think it's interesting that Bernard left considering he was high school teammates with uh, Hauser. He was, but he went to Washington. Right. He went back to Washington, right? He was, I believe he was a Washington commit. Right. He committed to Washington, flipped to Michigan State with Hauser. Yeah. And then I believe he transferred back to Washington this offseason. Yes, he's at Washington now. Yes. Yeah. So he'll have a nice welcome. It's going to be interesting. He's coming back to East Lansing uh, in a couple of weeks. So we'll see how he works with Michael Penix. But... Let's flip to the defensive side, where I think this can be the strength of this Michigan State team. Picking a breakout player, though, is interesting. I'll let AJ start this one. It, it's tough for me. I'm going back and forth. Matt, I'm going to give it to you. I'm, I'm still okay. debating between two guys right I, now. I think the big thing that's going to be tough about this defense is um, I don't know when Darius Snow's coming back. They posted a picture of him working out recently, so it seems like I don't know whether I, he's going to play. I believe go, I so I'll go back to the thing I said earlier about like seeing athletes on campus. I believe I saw Darius Snow, and I looked like I think I saw him walking down Grand River, and he looked like he was walking normally. Not that that means anything, but no. like he didn't look like like he was. In, it wasn't like he was in a boot or anything like that. Obviously, I believe he tore his Achilles and ligaments in his knee. I know he had an Achilles injury, which is tough. Yeah. Um, I hope he comes back healthy, and he's going to be a big part of this defense as a leader. Um, I, I, it's going to be tough. I there are two freshmen I like a lot, by Job and Jordan Hall. Problem is, is, they play two of our of the deepest positions on this team at linebacker and defensive end. It's going to be tough for them to get time because you have Chris Bogle, who's going to be a big part. Obviously, Brule, Cal Halliday, Jacoby Winman, Otiote. I mean, the list goes on and on at linebacker. Um, so I don't know. I I'm gonna try and pick some of the secondary. Let's go. Um, I think Dylan Tatum has a the is he a true is he a redshirt freshman or is he a soft a true sophomore? Oh, that's a good I one. think he played. Did he play enough, enough last year? Last he probably year. did because of injuries. But um, I think him he's gonna have to step up. And if the secondary is going to be improved, it has to be. 
Yes, Tatum, I, Tatum did play. In um, so games, the sure. sophomore, I think he can be a big piece. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. The defense should be interesting. I think the defense this year is my. I think that they'll be like as a unit way more improved. I thought the end of last year was promising, but we'll I, see. I'm gonna go with a defensive end, a transfer um, out of Texas A&M. I'm gonna go with Tamisi Adelie to come in and really have a big breakout season. He's somebody that has a ton of talent, and I think he was one of the highest touted transfers that Michigan State got this year. I think he's going to have a big impact. I would say he was a kid. He was a former, was he a former five-star at A&M? I'd say he's a big man, and uh, uh, you can get, AJ, you can go before I make my next point. But No, I was, I, I completely forgot about Tatum, but I, I think that's, that's the one I'm choosing on defense. I mean, I really like what I like what I've seen from him so far, and yeah, I, I, I completely. I don't even know how I completely forgot about him, but I, I think that's my he, pick. I think another thing that's going to play in this year, it's on both sides, and Tucker kind of talked about it at uh, media days, is the size of this team. I think on both sides of the line, um, especially on defense, they have some big players. A uh, uh, yeah. I I Adelier. I I, I, I I will get that down. I feel bad for Slog trying to say that next weekend, but. Um, I just think they're a lot bigger, and I'm interested to see just hopefully that size will solidify. The run game defense has always been solid, other than the Indiana game last year, uh, but the offensive line is going to have to be better in order for this team to win nine games, like I think, but we'll see. Well, last question now that we can talk about before we step aside and come back with our national look around for college football. What would be considered a successful season for Michigan State in your mind? Um, Winning two of their top 10 preseason games you win they sh- need to win one if they win two i think that's a successful season doesn't matter which two if they so beat, splitting, great, splitting with washington, washington michigan, michigan penn state and ohio, ohio state because i think the everything take care of itself at that point but i think that's if you, a high task i think if you do that you could realistically go 10 and 2 or 9 and 3 well according to this man but you don't have but you don't have them splitting you I, only I, have them I, I do have them going one and three but i think i but i truly think that eight and four nine and so three so you heard is it here folks you heard it here first folks a nine and three season from Matt Merrifield you, would not be a success if you don't beat one of those teams. I mean, you go ten and two. I, I, I don't. I guess I hold this program to a little bit higher standard of like ten games is a successful season. Below that's not a bad season. It's a good season. But okay, like it's just you know. Fair. Another, another thing I think is what successful season has Michigan State had where they haven't beaten Michigan? Like name a year where they lost to Michigan and went on and still had to have a solid season. Hard, it's hard to pick one. Even years where they beat Michigan, sometimes they still have a bad year. But yeah. in order to beat, if you have beat Michigan, you're more than likely, or if you lose to Michigan, your season isn't that good, or likely isn't that good. That's just historically how it's been for the last, as I've fallen, I can remember the last 15 years since they started their run or whatever back in 08. Yeah. So, but that that's that's my thing. So it's tough, but I. I think that is a tall task what you're what you're asking, but I, I like it though. Um, I mean, honestly, I would just say, you know, going back to our record, I, I, I think seven and five is is good in my opinion. I mean, after last year, and also too, like, I know it's a simple thing to ask for, but I mean, guys simply just being healthy, like week in and and week out, I think that's going to be the calling card for this team. That's going to be the biggest thing to to look out for. But I mean, if if guys are healthy and this team is rolling. I, Seven and five is, I think, is classified as a good season. I don't know, like what you're saying, Matt. I, I, I mean, they can have a good. I, don't, I I'm just. I think the def. I don't know. Maybe it's just my 
definition of the word successful. Like, obviously, yeah. you have a good year of winning seven games, making a bowl game. It's a good year, solid year. Successful year where I think strides were made as a program. They have to go above just making a bowl game because that's I think our expectations for this program is to be better than just making bowl games every year. It's making New Year's Six, playing on New Year's Day. No, and I get that. So, I just think after last year, like, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, you can't. I it's. I can understand that too. Of last year was such a dumpster fire that you know just some improvement is success. Can't go backwards, but I think it's gonna be hard for them to go backwards. Like I don't, I don't see them going worse than five and seven this year. For and that sure. would, and that would be the wheels falling off again. So yeah, I think I think that similar to what AJ said, I think you have to make a bowl game this year, especially with the schedule. I think making a bowl game, winning seven games, and being competitive every time you go out is successful season this year in my mind to build towards next year, especially if you're starting Kate Hauser. Because then you've got a guy that you can potentially see flashes from. If it's Noah Kim, he's got this year and next year. But if it's Hauser, you've got four years of him. You want to see what he can do. And that's where that's at. You want to find a quarterback and then be competitive. And that's where I think would be a successful season. We'll find out if that happens. If we're good then you'll like our predictions. If we aren't good at predictions, then that'll be unfortunate. But let us know your guys' thoughts. You can tweet at us at WDBM Sports. Let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you guys and get involved in the show this year. We're going to step aside be back with a nationwide look at college football on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Green and White Report on WDBM East Lansing. Welcome back inside the Green and White Report. In the studios here at Impact 89 FM, Zach Sardenic, AJ Evans, and Matt Merrifield with Joe Dez pushing the buttons for us across the hall. And we are ready to get back into some more college football stuff. Looking around the country, though, we did our whole Michigan State breakdown. And if you missed that, don't worry. These will be up in podcast form on impact89fm.org. So you can go back and check out our Michigan State preview and our Michigan State record predictions. But now we're going into college football as a whole. Boys, it's just good to have college football back. Week zero yesterday, got to watch Notre Dame obliterate Navy in Dublin, along with some other games. There were some fun ones. I don't know what you guys did yesterday. I had nothing to do, so I sat there and watched college football all day long. So I've got takes on all of these that we don't necessarily need to get into, but what did you guys like yesterday? What was your favorite thing that you watched, if you watched any of it? I'm assuming I, you did. I uh, My favorite was, Notre, uh, I didn't watch much of the Notre Dame game. I tried to. Um, I was having some issues with my TV early in the day. So, but when I saw Navy or Notre Dame was giving them the business, I was like, I'll make sure I'm back for the five o'clock games and going into the night. I did watch Jacksonville State make their FBS debut against UTEP. Um, Rich Rod, former Michigan head coach, shout out to him. Michigan State used to dominate him. Uh, he is the head coach of Jacksonville State and he got the job done. Jacksonville State 1 0 at the FBS level against UTEP. Um, UTEP's offense looked terrible. Maybe that's because. Uh, Dave Warner retired last year and is no longer their offensive coordinator. But besides the point, um, uh, I, I, there were, all the games last night were, I mean, it was kind of sicko football, if we're being honest. Like, there wasn't like a premier game. Even the best game, the most watchable team on last night was USC against San Jose State. And that game was tucked away on the Pac-12 network. Yeah. Which, <laughs> maybe that, I mean, telltale sign of why they're joining the Big Ten as it is. But And it, I will say though, that... San Jose State's good. Like I mean, they yeah, got they're, they're, hammered yeah. yesterday, but they covered. Kevin Cordero is 
elite. Let's say they were uh, for the small school th- level. They were getting thirty-one points last night. They still covered. They lost fifty-six twenty-eight. And yeah. I mean, for as good as that offense is at for USC, I mean, San Jose State still did put up a fight. Yeah, and San Jose State looked solid. That Jacksonville State UTEP game was um, an interesting watch. You talked about UTEP's brutal offense. They got down the field late in the game. They were down 17-14. Fourth and one at the 20-yard line with like a minute and a half left. And they go for it. But not only do they go for it, they throw it. And they throw did, a pick. Did, did you see the... Uh, they had a fourth and like three. Oh, fourth yeah, and two. that was when they, they had my, my I was sitting there with my roommate who is not a... I mean, he's a, he played football in high school, but he's not a sports guy at all. And he's yeah. sitting there and they're lined up, and he sees like the three fullbacks. Where yeah. the hell that was? And he goes, "What are they doing?" I'm like, "I think they're gonna sneak it." But it, he's like, "For three yards," and I go, "I don't know." And then it was a play action. And yeah. Nobody was open. Shocker. And they got sacked. That's like, like, a like loss that of navy. Uh, and I was like that navy play on their first drive when they tried to throw the ball on fourth down, and, and he was, had the guy wide open threw a dot, and yep. the two receivers just took each other yeah. out because they. They never throw the ball. It's yeah. It was week zero. Week zero football was oh, uh, yeah. for the sickos committee. They were definitely got their fill in last oh, they night. Did. Uh, UMass won a game and beat a they, somewhat uh, decent New Mexico State team were, from last year. Anyways, yeah. UMass was seven point underdogs going into yesterday, and I thought seven was a little generous too. I thought they were should have been more. They were not good. They were one in eleven last year. But yeah. Don Brown, the old Michigan DC, is the head coach there, and. Their defense it, it, looked really it, good. It, yes, they gave up 30, but a lot of that was late. It was a great day for former Michigan coaches yesterday. Don Brown got his win at UMass. Yes. Rich Rod got the win at Jacksonville yes. State. San Diego State, Brady Hoke, took care of business against Ohio. They, they would have lost that game wh- if Curtis Rourke didn't get hurt, though. I was Probably. Really, I, I like Ohio. I thought they were going to win the MAC this year. I was really high on them. And Ohio was up 6-3 and driving when Curtis Rourke the, got hurt. The winner of the MAC lives in the state of Michigan this year. I'm guessing... Ypsilanti? Ypsilanti. <laughs> but the Eagles not fly, happen, Eagles fly. Yeah, Chris Creighton. Anyways. Yeah, but no, I, I thought it was solid. I I didn't think there was too much to gain out of this. I know there's a lot of people overreacting. I saw somebody say that uh, Notre Dame's going to beat Ohio State this year. Whoa. And I was like, ooh, I don't know. Whoa. Um, oh, but, boy. We'll, yeah. t- uh, we'll save it for the hot take section, but I, it goes beyond that. Wow, okay. Anyways, um... <laughs> yeah, so let's let's look ahead. So let's look ahead to week one and look around the country a little bit. Who is your guys's most overrated team, and then oh, most God. underrated team across the country? All right, let me find my phone is not working, which is my usual uh, source <laughs> source for checking rankings and stuff like that. So let's uh, shout out to the Michigan State Wi-Fi for just being lovely this morning. Uh, Amen. The semester starts tomorrow. It's got one more day. It's got Michigan State IT. Shout out. Um, My most overrated team. Oh God. It. I I can't. Oh God. One of them. I'm. I'm going to say Clemson. I don't think Clemson's offense is. I think their offense is going to be just as bad as it was last year. You're not high on Cade Klubnik. I'm not a Cade Klubnik guy. I don't see why how he is going to be the savior. Okay. Um, The other team I want to say. Is Alabama? Mm, like I, number I, four. I, it, it, like they're at four. I, they don't have a quarterback. Like I don't. I don't see. I don't. Jalen Milrow. I'm out on. But I think if it's Buchner or Buckner coming over from Notre Dame with Tommy, I think Reece, it's gonna be Milrow. I think. I, I, if that happens, I mean, their schedule is. They have enough home games that they'll. They're at worst. They'll be nine and three. But I just don't think they're that good. 
I don't. I mean, the problem is outside of quarterback, they are stacked. But I think there's going to be times this year where they're going to need to step up. That's why I think Georgia this year won't be this unbeatable monster because Stetson Bennett, I think, was more impactful for that team of just being that six-year senior leader. Like, there's going to be times where they get punched in the mouth, and Carson Beck's just not going to be able. Will have to prove that he can step up as a young quarterback. Yeah, who's going to punch them in the mouth though? Oh God, that's uh, they don't have the toughest game on their schedule is at Tennessee. And it's like Just the second last week baby. of the season. Uh, that's true. They Joe Milton, don't have. Uh, they go to South Carolina early in the year. Yeah, but and South Carolina give, has given Georgia trouble. Spencer before. Rattler's going to be okay. Beamer ball. I, I'm going to go with my most overrated team. You're going to say Oregon, aren't you? Um, please. I no. wasn't going to. Now please I might. No, just no, no, no. <laughs> um, I think honestly, I think it could be Kansas State. Well, Will Howard finished the year with them last year, right? Because Adrian Martinez got hurt late in the year. Yeah, I I think Kansas State's going to be okay. The, the The team that I was originally going to say though is Texas A and M. I think they're going to be. I think they're a top twenty, top twenty five. Like I think they'll I, be in I, that twenty five to twenty range all year. Yeah, I I don't like Texas A and M. They're there. They're ranked again. I don't like it. I, I think the team in that range. I don't think they deserve to be ranked. Fair. I think that whole twenty five to twenty is kind of. Not very good. Yeah. Like Oklahoma, Oklahoma, I think will be UNC solid. could be UNC. I think is not going to that game against. I hate that that week one game between USC South Carolina, not USC South not Carolina, USC. not USC South Carolina versus North Carolina. That's the the game of the week on Saturday because the game, real game of the week is Florida State LSU, which I'm very excited for. I yes. love both those teams this year. I do too. But North Carolina South Carolina, neither of those teams are that great. I don't think like I I don't I, Drake May is a great quarterback talent. Outside of that, I don't think Mac Brown has that great of a team in Chapel Hill. Like that team got away with a lot of close wins, and I could see that flipping the script this year. Tennessee scares me as much as I love Rocky Top. I don't I, Joe, I don't Joe, think Tennessee's gonna be that good. Joe, I like they I said it last year that they were Michigan State of twenty one. They yeah. had a lot of similar similar yeah. their schedule. They lost a the game yeah. they shouldn't have. They got blown out against Ohio State slash Georgia. Right. Um. They lose their. Difference maker, Hendon Hooker, Kenneth Walker. Yeah. And so they could come back and... Um, yeah. They have a tough non Like, UTSA is a tough team that are going to have to play a non-conference. Meep, but, meep. So, I, and I love UTSA. They should be ranked. They're the best, they're the best group of five team in the country. Um, Ooh. Anyways. Uh, Not Tulane? I love Tulane. I don't know. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I, I love looking at these preseason polls because they're so bad. They don't matter. They're so bad. The Pate, the Josh Pate poll is the only one that matters. Even that one's not very good. But wow. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, Josh Pate. But um, Yeah, but let's talk. Do you have an overrated, AJ? And then if not, we'll talk underrated teams because I think that's more fun. Yeah, it is a lot more fun. I'm going to go with Bama. Bama is overrated. Wow. I'm going to stay, I'm gonna stay with AJ is my guy. I can feel it. We're going to be rocking it this year. He gets it. All right. Fair enough. All right, let's go. Let's go with the underrated team across you the country. You can go first, AJ. I think I have mine, but. You know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going back and forth with a, a few teams, but I guess I don't. I don't know, man. Who are, who are you? Uh, mine, and this is you going, you got a few. Th- this is going from uh, back to my over-under season. Total. I looked at these back in June. I've still been on them. Yeah. Um, Duke, is their over-under set six and a half. Over is like plus 126. I think Duke's a top 25 team in America this year. I think mm-hmm. they might win the, I don't even know which division to which in the ACC, the Coastal or the Atlantic. Um, they're in the division that isn't Clemson. And I think that's why they win it. They win that division and go to Charlotte for the conference championship. I think Duke returns most of their offensive talent. 
Um, they were good last year. They went like eight and four last year. Uh, I don't think their schedule is that tough. I think they're going to surprise some people. I I want to be high on Arkansas, but the SEC is so tough. It's going to be almost impossible for somebody to like break out, like because they they're in a division with LSU, Bama, and um. No, um, that was one of the, the teams like, I was like thinking The ACC doesn't have divisions mean. anymore. They don't? No, oh, they've God. gotten rid of them. Oh, God. I think the conference championship is going to be Clemson-Florida State. Oh, if that's the case, then unfortunately, oh, I don't like Clemson, but we'll see. Anyways, uh, but Arkansas is going to be good. It's just a question on whether or not they can get over the hump of they have just four really good teams that are in their division. Yeah. Um. So I guess we'll see. I think Notre Dame's going to have a really good year. Mm, but okay. they're not really underrated. They're that's, fourth, well, they're that's what I was about to say. Like, like they were a team that I was thinking about as well. But I don't know if you like, can say that they're underrated. Right. I think like, Penn. I think Penn State's gonna have a really good year. Like I said, I think they're winning the East, but they're seventh. I think Oregon wins the Pac-12. I love. <laughs> I love. Okay. I. My okay. Or, I'm. I'm all in on Oregon. Uh, coming at fifteenth. I, I think, think Oregon State makes some noise this year. I, 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 if DJU's I, good, I think they do. I wanted to say that was my underrated team, but like I don't. No, they can be. I mean, they can be underrated, and I think. Even if DJU isn't a superstar, they have the run. Their offensive line is one of the. They, they I believe they return everybody from their offensive line or their offensive Quite line. Bit, yeah, they're, they, 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 they return. They, they, a lot of their production. They were great at running the football last year. So DJU's just got to not suck, which is. I mean, he's, he was a highly touted quarterback, and I yeah. think him getting out of that awful Clemson offense will honestly make a huge difference. I'm going to go with two teams. And for me, I'm going to go two teams that are unranked, and I'm going to say they're going to finish the year ranked. Okay. I think Kansas finishes the year ranked. I like okay. Kansas again. Jalen Daniels. I it. like Daniels. I think they're going to be good. I like their – Lance Leopold's doing a good job mm-hmm. there. They're starting to invest money into football. I think that Kansas is going to be there. And Boise State is, in my mind, the best group of five team in the country. Boise State plays Washington week one. Do you have any? Do you have any thought of them? I think it's going to be a very good game. Okay. I don't think that they're going to beat Washington, okay. but I think that could very possibly be their only loss of the season. Okay, I think they're going to cruise. Also, Air Force is a sneaky group of five team. Love um, the Air, love the academies. Yeah, Air Force is going to be sneaky. They're going to be the best of the academies, I think, this year. Yeah, Navy look like um, crap. But I think that Air Force is going to be the team that finishes second to Boise in the Mountain West, and Boise is going to. Boise is going to be in a New Year's Six Bowl as the Group of Five team. There's my uh, underrated I think, team. I think UTSA is the Group of Five team to make a New Year's Six Bowl. They've been so we'll see. they were they brought everybody. Frank Harris is back. Um, Jeff Trailers there for another year. Uh, he's done a great job. I think the Sun Belt, the Fun Belt, the Fun Belt, the Fun Belt's gonna be a good conference this fun year. Belt. They got a lot of good teams. App State's gonna be solid like they usually mm-hmm. are. James Madison still a very good program, even though they're not they're still not postseason eligible, right? I don't think they are. Um, Coastal Carolina, Grayson McCall's back. I think he's one of the more underrated quarterbacks. Um, I'm, South Alabama is going to be a really good group of five team this year. So mm-hmm. I think the fun belt, you know, you're looking for midweek college football. There's going to be plenty of it. This year. College football is going to be a lot of fun this year. I don't think yeah. we can emphasize. Um, I have a question for you guys. Real quick. I don't think it's on the show sheet, but how many teams do you guys genuinely think has a shot at the four-team playoff this year? Because um, I, I think it's a pretty large list. I think it's more than normal, but I think you've got one of Georgia and Alabama's getting in, probably Georgia. One of Michigan, Ohio State's getting in. That's two spots. Then you're looking at the rest of the spots. You've got a Pac-12 winner, potentially. I I think the Pac-12 winner gets in this year, whoever it is. Potentially. I mean, unless they beat up on each other and they all have two losses. But I think you go there, and then you look at either a Big 12 or an ACC winner. 
I think the Pac-12 is wide open. I think the ACC is not. I think it's going to be Clemson or Florida State. I think that on the other side, in the Big 12, it's kind of open. But honestly, I don't know that a Big 12 champion that's not Texas or like TCU or Kansas State gets in. I mean, yeah, I think... And so, or Oklahoma, Texas or Oklahoma. But at that point, I'm still putting the list around like 12 to 15. I think... That have a legitimate shot in my mind. I think each of the top 15 have a shot. Um... And then I think outside of that, like obviously, if Kansas State or TCU can repeat what they did last year, Oregon State, if they can, if they can go out and win the Big Twelve with one loss, um, even though they're going to have to like Oregon State's going to get disrespect all year just because it's Oregon State. Um, and there's a couple teams like if A and M goes off on a run, but I think this year, honestly, I wish there was a 12 team playoff. I wish they expanded a year early because I think a 12 team playoff this year would be awesome football because I think 15 through one. Are 15 through 2, because I know Georgia's on another level, but 15 through 2, anybody could beat anybody. I think Oregon could walk in in a neutral site game. I think they could beat Michigan. I think Michigan could beat anybody. I think Tennessee could beat anybody on any given day. I think that there's a lot of parity in college football this year, which I love. I think Michigan should be number one in the country, is my no. take right now. Oh, no. I think they should. Because Where's I think they, they have so few question marks compared to other teams i know we go to michigan state this is a michigan right, I, state I student radio but if we're being objective at this i think they don't have many questions oh i mean they do have the best quarterback in the country so. they don't <laughs> they don't have the best quarterback in the country they have the best running back in the country they uh, they, they the best they, college they, running back not the best running back prospect but they have the best college I running mean, back yeah, and they have the best o-line in the country yeah, I think I that can, you can, yeah. I think that that team has so much fewer question marks than Georgia and Alabama right. and those teams. My, Do I think Michigan will win a national title? No, <laughs> but I think that they and they could, they could. But I think that right now, if you're talking about the most complete team in the country, I think it's Michigan. You make a good point. I mean, you make a good argument. My thing is, I I genuinely believe with all this offseason talk about how great JJ McCarthy is. I think Jim Harbaugh is going to screw up like he normally does and he's going to let him I don't like let him cook but like he's going to let JJ throw it more than he should I don't think JJ I so what you think I, he'll end up doing I, too like much like he'll, he'll make JJ do too much when you don't have to you have but the best offensive gonna, line but who's gonna beat them right now is what I'm saying like I mean, early in I the year and that's why I'm saying I think they should be number one like, because they're most complete you, team. I, I mean I think Michigan State can beat them I think Maryland gave him a game in Ann Arbor last year that game's now in College Park Ohio State I, All those I, games I was, are at the end of the year, though. I, true. I mean, early in the year, yeah, Michigan's going to look really good. They play nobody in the And that's what I'm saying. Do I think they should be the, are going to be the number one team going into the playoff? Not necessarily. But I think that they should be the number one team right now. And that's my argument with it. We'll see. But I don't know. Let's get into some hot takes before we step aside and get to some fun Sparty Awards in and out and gambling corner to close the show. So, hot take for the year. I know Merrifield's got probably five of them. But give me your top, like, two or three. <laughs> Two or three. All right. Yeah. Um, my big one uh, goes back to Notre Dame, and last yesterday made me believe it even more. Um, I think they make the playoff. You know what they won't do though? They won't win a conference title. <laughs> I don't care. Their co- their schedule is tougher than like ninety five percent of teams that are in a conference. Like yeah, they have Ohio really State tough schedule in year. Clemson. Yeah, like that really is tough schedule that that, that that is not easy. They also you play, think they make the playoff? I think they make the playoff. And at eleven and one, they should make the playoff. And also, I think the committee... Who would are be, they losing to in that stretch? Um, because I think that matters. Um, Notre Dame, let me... 
They've got Ohio State, USC, and Clemson. And this, I'm going to piggyback off this. I think uh, Sam Howell played really well yesterday. He's going to turn into America's sweetheart, and I think he wins the Heisman. He's my Heisman. Player. Wait, who? Oh, Sam, Sam Hartman. Hartman. Sam Hartman's Hartman. my Heisman. Player. I was like, Sam Howell is playing no, for Washington. Not, not he Sam can't Howell. win a Heisman. Not Sam Howell. Uh, Sam Hartman at Wake Forest, who I always loved at Wake Forest. I, I think, did too. I, I think I think he wins the Heisman this year. Cause wow. Because usually the Heisman is not your front runner. Like norm, 95, when was the last time? I mean, Williams was, but Williams wasn't even the front runner last year. No, he the wasn't list. the front runner because it was Bryce it was Young. Bryce Young but... and Stroud. And I just feel like, I obviously, I'm going to be supporting Bo Nix all year. Don't get that twisted. <laughs> all year. He's my guy. Oh, that is, Bodacious. Yeah, if you guys haven't listened to Matt Merrifield before, he might be Bo Nix's biggest fan in the entire world. If you look at my Twitter, 95% of it is <laughs> Bo Nix. I hope the whale poster down in Detroit, you know, the stupid Rocket Mortgage thing got torn down during the storm Thursday. Bodacious would look great up there as the Tigers or, squander uh, their end of the season. Or, you know, the whale. Thank stand. God we don't talk about the Tigers today. We will at some point. What? But not what yet. What do you mean, thank God? God oh, don't get me started. Um, Park out Meadows? season for Torque. Yes. <laughs> All right, yeah, I said it. Back to All right, Notre, Notre Dame. All right, they play Tennessee State next weekend. Win. NC State on the road. NC State's not going to be that good this year. Uh, Central Michigan, they win. I They do beat Notre They beat Ohio State at home. I, really? I, I think they beat Ohio State. All right. Uh, they go to Duke, which I think Duke's going to be good this year, but I think they can win that game. The only dif- difficulty will be coming off the Ohio State win. They go to Louisville. Then they host USC. They host Pitt and Pat Narduzzi. They go to Clemson. I think they either lose to USC or Clemson. I think that's one of their two losses. Then they go, they host Wake Forest and finish off at Stanford. I think eleven and one is very doable. I, I don't know. We'll see. I, I think they go nine and three or ten and two. I, I I'm but, all in. All right, fair enough. I noted him. AJ, or you had another hot take. Uh, I think I had one. I'll let AJ All go. Right, go ahead, if AJ. I can process and <laughs> get past it. your Notre Dame and Bo Nix, <laughs> yeah. the only things going through Matt Merrifield's head. I mean, just going much. going back to my underrated thing, I think DJU, uh, I think a rejuvenated DJU has a big year. I think it all comes together for him this season in, in Oregon State. DJU uh, Heisman, question mark? Ooh, I I don't hate it, but... The I, narrative's I, there. I mean, I like to flirt with the idea. You know what I'm the saying? The narrative's like, there. Yeah, it's, it's definitely there. If he has so, a big year. He'll be sitting in New York. He could, why not? He, he could go. I could yeah. see it. Why yeah. not? Could, all right. could, could the Heisman ceremony be all Pac-12 quarterbacks? <laughs> I'd love that. Dude, I would it, love that. Seriously, though. And, the JJ, and JJ McCarthy, of the course. The Pac-12 quarterbacks crop this year is crazy. It, you got Caleb Williams. You've got Michael Penix. You've got DJU is there. You've got Bo Nix. You've got Dante Moore, maybe, at UCLA. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm forgetting somebody. But Cam Rising. Yeah, Cam Rising. Like, there's so much talent at the quarterback position in the Pac-12. They were talking about that on that Pac-12 Network broadcast of uh, <laughs> USC last night. Hey, but... <laughs> Uh, I was told this by a friend of the program, uh, Nick Burt, that the Michigan State soccer game today, or is it today, against Colorado? Yes. The women's soccer game? That's yes. a Pac-12 exclusive, Pac-12 ne- network exclusive, if you'd like to watch it them is. today. Yes. Um, but anyways, um, I don't even know. But yeah. Uh, uh, the Pac-12 quarterbacks, very yeah, good. They're going to be really good. I'll go with my hot take. And my hot take is that you will see multiple new teams in the college football playoff this year. You're going to see two teams that actually one of them that I think is going to make it isn't new. I was going to say Florida State, but they made okay. like the very beginning ones. Right. But yeah, they were the first. The you're going to see it's not going to be Michigan, Georgia, Alabama, Clemson. I agree. Like it's going to be I think my playoff prediction right now is Michigan, 
Georgia, Florida State, and I'm going to go Washington. AJ, what is your playoff? Which I am now realizing as I say this, none of those teams is new to the playoff. But <laughs> you know what? That's not the point. I mean, Washington. Washington and Florida State both made one, but they made them early, and I don't think about those. Do you those. have a playoff prediction, AJ? Michigan. USC. I like it. Um, Georgia. Okay. Is that four? Is that three? No, that's three. Three? Yep. Four. That's tough. You got no AC and ACC and no Big 12 right now. I'm kind of stumped. I, I'm debating. What's yours, Mark? Oh, I so I jumped on this Notre Dame train late, so the problem is I don't know who to cut. <laughs> uh, Georgia's, Georgia's in. Notre Dame's in. I think Penn State is in after winning the Big Ten. And now the problem is, is, is it going to be Florida State or is it going to be Oregon? <laughs> it's going to be Oregon. So Georgia, Notre Dame... Penn State. Oh my God, that's awful. That's such. There's no way. There's no chance. There's, there's no, no way. Chance. Oregon is not making no, the no, playoff. No, no, any of those teams. None of those. Like all, all three of those teams could make the play. But there's no way. All th- unless unless they do. I'm, you <laughs> know, I'm sticking with do. them. I'm standing <laughs> by. Unless they do. <laughs> unless they do. Notre Dame, Georgia. Everyone's gonna look back Oregon. on this and remember this as very similar to that Desmond Howard playoff graphic no, from last year. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> when it was Texas A and M, Pitt, Pitt and Baylor and Michigan. You're gonna get one team right in that playoff and that's gonna be hey, Georgia, and then I, the other three are gonna be just brutal. For as bad as my playoff prediction was of Michigan State being in it last year, I still was right that two big ten teams would make it and I had Ohio State and I had Ohio State and Georgia both making the playoffs. So yeah, uh, but anyways, anyways, all right, we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break and come back away from this microphone with the Sparty Awards <laughs> in and out and gambling corner. Make sure to stay tuned. We'll be back on the other side of the break on the Green and White Report. Welcome back to the Green and White Report. The Impact eighty nine FM studio. Zach Sardenic, Matt Merrifield, AJ Evans. We are here for you all year long to give you all the rundown on everything Michigan State sports and beyond. And that means we've got a segment that if you've listened to Green and White before, you know. We don't have a drop for it today, unfortunately. So you can't hear the fancy music. We but need, We need more technical difficulties. We need <laughs> drops back this year more than anything. Hopefully we They'll get be them back. back. They will be back. They will be back. Don't worry. But it's the Sparty Awards. So today's Sparty Award is the category Favorite Spartan Stadium Moment. So we're going to go through... All of us have been here for a few years. We've all covered at least a couple Michigan State games at Spartan Stadium. We've been to Michigan State games at Spartan Stadium. Spartan Stadium's turning 100 this year. It's the 100th season at Spartan Stadium. So in honor of the 100th season, they get the inaugural 2023-24 Sparty Awards category. And we're going to start with Matt. You can go ahead and get it going. And this isn't... um for preference, you guys don't have to have, like have been at the stadium for this. Right. This could be just a great moment. Yeah. Um, I think for me, I mean, there's a lot of moments to stand out. I could, um, but I think my the one that stands out in my head, being like the first big memory, uh, growing up a Spartan fan, was uh, 2011 on homecoming against Wisconsin, the Hail Mary um, from Kirk Cousins to uh, Keith Nickel. That moment stands out in my head as one of the the craziest finishes yeah, I've ever seen to a Michigan insane. State game. That was one of the best games I've watched. 
like I can think of for Michigan State football of all time. The game had everything. Um, those Michigan State game, Michigan State teams back then were so much fun to watch. Um, unlike now, uh, hopefully they're better this year. Uh, but yeah, so I think that game for me, that one really stand. There's a bunch of moments. Obviously, um, none of us are in the older crowd to remember moments before. Uh, I believe I don't know if any of us were born after before the year 2000. So I think we're all. Uh, yeah. So but you're making people so, at home feel so old. Unfortunately, but... for the older crowd listening out there. We probably don't represent it as much. So if you want to send in your suggestions at us on Twitter, we did post our announcement of the show on our Twitter yes. page at WD... Uh, what is the official w- thing? At WDBM Sports. Yeah, if you want to comment on that, saying your favorite sports or for favorite memory from Spartan Stadium, please want to get more interaction from you guys this year and make sure to let us know what your favorite Spartan Stadium moment is. Uh, AJ, what's your favorite Spartan Stadium moment? Man, this is recency bias for real, but I'd just say the the Michigan game, you know, two years ago. That was, I mean, that was just insane. And it was, you know, it was fun just, that was just a beautiful time to be on campus. You know what I mean? So um, I'd say that that's that's pretty much it for me. Like you said, there are a lot that stand out. There are a lot that I can think of and name. But, I mean, that's that one's at the top for me. I think that moment is obviously, I mean, people talk about the game of the century back in six, nine, against Notre Dame. 1966. Back in, like, 1966. Is that probably the greatest game in the history of Spartan Stadium? Probably. I mean, it was a but, 10-10 tie, but, though. But, like, from the magnitude leading up, the build-up, Michigan, Michigan State in 2021, I think was the most... Ex- ex- what, um, electric. Most electric, most anticipated game in the history of that stadium, and it more than lived up to yeah, it. Yeah, that Absolutely. that's that was going to be mine too. That was outstanding. I loved that game. And obviously I was you were on there the, yeah, I was it. on the yeah. call of that game with Nathan Stearns, and that was such a. I just remember that entire day. So I live about fifteen. I'm from Lansing, so I live about fifteen minutes away from campus. I'm driving into campus. I got to be at the stadium by nine-ish when the game uh when because on a game like that i wanted to be there early to get everything set up so i wanted to get there at nine i left my house at like seven i got to the stadium i had to be dropped off a mile away from the stadium got to the stadium at 9 30 and i live not more than 10 miles away from michigan state and it took me two and a half hours to get to the stadium because traffic was insane that day all the shows were there game day was there big noon kickoff was there and just the atmosphere around the stadium. I mean, just goosebumps. You hear the music, everything's going. It was nuts. And then just the way that game played out was so much fun. And the rest of the day was a blast as well, just to get to see everything and just have a lot of fun with it. So that would probably be mine. But if I have to go with a different one because of because AJ, AJ can have that one, I'll go with the, honestly, the Penn State game from that year. Was a blast uh, that, too. Yes. The 2021 Penn State yes. game was one of my favorite games. I'm going with games I was at. That was one of my favorite ones as well. In the snow, it was such a fun game to cover and such a fun game to call. I, I can get behind that because I was there as a fan for that game. I came back up and uh, from home from Thanksgiving, and I remember just that year. My goal for that year because I was a freshman that year, and I just thought like I'd love for Michigan State to beat Michigan that year. And I'm like, you know what? Late in the year, I want there to be a snow game. Like I just yeah. snow, snow games are fun regardless of what happens they're always fun and that game lived up to it that was a great game between Penn State and Michigan State did a great job trying to lose that game late um, shout out to the pass defense but uh, obviously got it done James Franklin got mad at the deep end because they were throwing snowballs at him don't really care grow a set uh, it's just it was a lot of I, I that game was one of the most fun that was the most fun football game I've ever been to obviously the Michigan game that year 
winning that game was just the best feeling ever. But that game, for half the game, I wanted to throw up because I was so just nervous thinking about that game. That game was, it, that game was it. But the other, but the Penn State game, it was cold. But like just being in the snow, it wasn't even that cold out. It was just an, enjoy, an enjoyable game in November. As much as it, the weather here is miserable once November first hits. So, but yeah, I think all three of our moments that we chose were, I think, were top notch moments. Love it. All right, time for in and out. So, if you're not familiar at home, I'm going to make a statement. To everybody here, and we're all going to have to say whether we're in on that statement, meaning it's going to happen, or out on it, meaning it's not. And we're going to start with one that I think Merrifield has already kind of given his answer for, but I'm going to let him say that he's in in a second. So, Penn State will beat one of Michigan or Ohio State this year, in or out. Uh, oh, I'm in on that, as I've said. I think that, I think they beat Michigan at home. I, that game's a noon kickoff, which I'm not happy about. I, hate, I love big noon kickoff. I love... Gus Johnson, Joel Klatt, but I want it to be a night game. Uh, but that game is going, I think Penn State gets that one done at home. The home game in that series usually has the edge. Um, and I do, But I do think they lose to Ohio State. I think their one regular season loss will be at Ohio State. AJ, in or out? I'm in on it. Ten toes in. Wow. Well, no, not ten toes in, but I'm in. <laughs> I am out. I, I'm out. I like Penn State a lot, and I really want Penn State to be good this year. But I don't trust James Franklin, mm. and I don't trust that team to beat those two teams. I think they can go ten and two. Yeah, but I just think those teams are better, and so I'm gonna, I'm gonna end up being the only one out on that. But I think Drew Aller's good. He's really good. They've got a the good boy team. wonder. Yeah, they've got a good team. Boy wonder. But I, I think Ohio, Ohio State. The thing with Ohio State for me, and I haven't said this yet, is they have the best player on the field every time they play, and that means a lot in my mind because they have the best player in the country and you can argue it if you want but I don't think there's much of an argument Marvin Harrison is the best player in the country and so when you have the best player on the field every time you play you're going to win more often than not and I think Ohio State is not going to I pick Michigan to win the Big Ten but I think Ohio State's going to beat Penn State give me out on that one moving on to the next one I know AJ's in on this, but you know it. The Lions will win the NFC North. Ten in or out? Ten toes in. Ten toes in. Uh, I'm in. One pride. I'm not even a Lions fan. I am. I am in, but I'm not as much in as like. I love. I love to hear the. I mean, just. I'm not as much in as everybody because I do think the Lions will be in the playoffs. I think that a lot of people are saying it's a guarantee, and I still think that. Minnesota is going to be decent enough that they could hang around there. Yeah, but Minnesota's schedule is tougher, which is why I th- am saying in. I'm tired of them. But I think that similar to Ohio State, that offense has so many weapons. Justin Jefferson's there. Jordan Addison's really good. I think they're going to be really tough. But I still think the Lions win the division, and I I like what the Lions are doing. I like what Dan Campbell's doing. I think they've got a good squad. So give me Detroit to win the NFC North. But I am like seven and a half toes in rather than ten. I, I'm i very in on the Lions this year. I think that I've never been this excited. You were talking about over-unders. They're over-unders nine and a half. Oh, over. I think they get, I think they get to 11. I, and that, and that I mi- went through their schedule yesterday, and I also said 11 wins, And actually. that might not be enough for the division because I know Minnesota is a good team. Um, I'm, I am a Kirk Cousins guy. But Captain Kirk. I don't. I don't know what it Michigan is. Michigan State legend. You like that? You. 
get that drop. I'm guessing. Uh, I mean, I'm guessing AJ does not like that right now. <laughs> um, but I, I, I still think the Lions get it done as long as they don't have another terrible start to the year. Yeah. All right. And this one, I think that I don't know. We'll see. Georgia wins its third straight title. In or out? I'm out. All I'm, right. I'm out too. I'm out. I, 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 it's so tough to win three straight, but yes. man, they're just. I'm gonna go out. Yeah, I don't. I'm gonna be out if I have to take Georgia versus the field like this is setting up. I'm gonna say out. So three out. But I do think that Georgia is still the best, like most likely right. team the, to win. The problem is for, for me is if Georgia doesn't do it, <laughs> that, that, that <laughs> Michigan that, that will sets me up in a really bad spot. Even though I don't think they get there, of uh, Michigan then becomes like that team. But I don't. I think. I don't know, like a team like Oregon, I think can compete. I knew you were about to say. That. I, I have some okay. faith in the Ducks. There's I, I, no go, go Ducks. Go Ducks. <laughs> like, no way. I, I, no <laughs> chance, dude. Yeah, I know what. I'll, I'll put. You my, let I, this I'm, gonna, go, I'm gonna man. put. I'm putting my foot down right now. The the net the reigning national champ will be in the Big Ten next year. Wow. Okay. So can, can the I, reigning I, national. So that means you think it's gonna be Penn State because you got Penn State winning the Big Ten. It could be Penn State. It could be Michigan. It could be Ohio State. It could be USC. It oh, could be, it okay. Could, so you're hedging yeah, with hedging. Oregon and Washington, okay? And UCLA. I thought you were talking oh, about this UCLA, year's Big Ten team. No, 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 no. It won't be a Big Ten current. It will be next year. The reigning national champ will be in the Big Ten. That's my that's my hedging okay. the bet prediction. Okay, fair enough. Shout out hedging the bet. I love it. Is that? Oh, that is one of our podcasts. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, shout out them. As hedging the bet. Yeah. Welcome to the gambling corner. Yes. Exactly. Mid-season form with the transitions, mm-hmm. by the way. Mm. All right, let's get into gambling corner and let's start off with Matt Merrifield. Oh, this actually, let's save yours for last. last? I know what yours okay. is. All right, let's go to AJ first. It can be a season long. You can do. Yeah, yeah. You can take the Lions over if you want. We just need. That we talk. We do yeah. three bets. So, all right, I'm doing that. All right, taking the Lions over. Okay, yeah, I'm rolling with it. All right. Um, I'm going to officially put down my pick. My true lock for over-under win totals this year for college football is Duke over 6.5 at plus 126. Fair enough. I think that one's going to hit. So Duke over 6.5 wins. I'm going to go into something here for Gambling Corner that we didn't talk about today, but has been going on, and we'll talk about it some next week because it'll be further into it. But the FIBA World Cup. Give me USA... Minus 23.5 versus Greece tomorrow morning. The U.S. struggled against New Zealand a little bit at the beginning of the game. I think they're going to be annoyed, and I think they're going to beat Greece. This isn't Giannis on Greece. His brother's playing, but this isn't a Giannis-led Greece team. I I think the U.S. is going to pound Greece, and so that's where I'm going to go. All right. Um, For my second pick, I'll go some baseball. I said we wouldn't talk about the Tigers, but the... Ooh, Astros are in town finishing off their series oh, today. I was going to use one of these Ver- two. Verlander is on the mound for his second return to Detroit. He returned earlier as a Met back in May. He did not pitch well in that one. He's going to pitch well today. I'm going to take Astros run line, minus one and a half, which is at min- the line set is at minus 102. I think the Astros win by two or more runs today against the Tigers. I'm going to take a little like same game type thing with that game. I'm going to go Miguel Cabrera to record a hit. Okay. The Astros to win, and Justin Verlander, six-plus strikeouts. Oh, oh! I love the in-game, same-game part. That's what I was saying, the I same it. game. I love if it. you watch the Tigers, they do this a lot. Um, I'm sure oh. they aren't putting a an Astros win on their same-game parlay on Valley Sports Detroit, but that's what I think 
this is going to be. And that uh, would be plus 447, by the way, on the odds for that. I'm rolling with that. I don't want to copy, but I'm rolling with that one, Zach. Love it. Love it. All right, All right everybody. Uh, it's a, Merrifield's uh, got one more. Oh, I got the last one. All right. So oh, you guys are going to make me seem like a not, a not a less than ideal person for this. But for those that haven't been paying attention, the Little League World Series has been going on. And it comes to a conclusion today, this afternoon at 3 o'clock. We were watching the third place game between Chinese Taipei and Texas. Uh, I think Chinese Taipei won that game. They were kicking the crap out of Texas. Um, it's the Caribbean, the Curacao, the country of Curacao is taking on South, Southern California in the championship game at 3 o'clock today. I am taking the underdogs from the Caribbean. Curacao is plus 200 money line. I will preface this to everyone. Do not bet on the Little League World Series. Do not. There are certain... <laughs> Do not bet there are on the certain, Little League World Series. Are These certain, are 12-year-olds. Oh, they are 12-year-olds, but there are lines if you would like to... There are, which is why I'm allowing you for Gambling Corner. But you know, do not bet you know, on the Little League World Series. Is it on your typical fan duel? No. Does the Merrifield Sportsbook carry it? Potentially. Um, <laughs> potentially. Potentially. Uh, but yes, Curacao, plus 200. Hammer it. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for us here. On the Green and White Report today, first show back. We'll be back here same time, same day, every Sunday. You can tune in to listen to us. We're glad you joined us. For everybody here in the Impact, 89 FM Studios, Joe Dez, our producer, Matt Merrifield and AJ Evans with me. I'm Zach Sardenic. Thank you to everybody for listening. Thank you to everybody that allowed us to be on the air today, and we will catch you guys next Sunday. You've been listening to the Green and White Report on WDBM East Lansing.